Hey there, this is your host, Selena Robinson. You are listening to Journey to Gentle Podcast. I am a mama sharing my journey to be more compassionate, mindful, supportive with myself, my kids, and others. Thank you for tuning in. And this episode is part two of my conversation around race with my mother. This part of the conversation, we will go into experiences with racism and education around race and racism or lack of that and how that kind of shaped our opinion around race and racism. Spoiler alert, at one point my mom mentions kind of being an all lives matter supporter but then when it was explained to her and she understood better, she learned better. My kids will 100% be present in this part of the podcast so much so that there is a section that is important for me to share where I kind of get a bit frustrated with the kids and my also lovely mother is there to support me through it. So let's go on ahead and jump into it. Okay, I think this is kind of like a good segue maybe into more uh, racial things. Not a good segue, but a good time to transition anyways. So, I mean, we kind of talked about how daddy's family treated mama yeah. when she came to the States. Um, and then the area that they lived in, it wasn't like it didn't feel, or when we went and, and um, visited Auntie, what's Auntie yes. Anne? Uh-huh. What's her whole name? Whole first, wait, what, they call it Will Ann. Will Ann, yeah. Um, okay, but when we went to go visit, um, <laughs> Auntie Anne, she, like, they didn't live in, like, a middle-class area, or at least it didn't feel like they did. Yeah. Is, uh, did uh, Daddy grow up in, like, a, a similar area? No. The first time we visit my grandmother, which her we called her Madea, she lived in what they call a shotgun house. What's that? A, shot- a shotgun house is a very narrow, rectangular house that, theoretically, if you shot a bullet through the front door it would exit out the back door without hitting anything which is very surprising information for me that it was named that and also that the bathroom was outside I'm not sure I'd be comfortable with that but back in the day I didn't have much of a choice a shotgun house is a house that's like just one room when you walk in you walk into the living room slash dining room and then you have your kitchen, and then you have your bedroom. And then when you walk outside is where you have your bathroom. Okay, this was, like, <laughs> this was a long time ago. Like, it wasn't that long ago, but it was long enough ago that I guess that would have been the norm. Yeah. As we got older, you know, they finally got her house. All her kids got her a house so she could live in. So she had a three-bedroom house. Here, my mom answers the question of whether or not she experienced racism. Yeah, growing up, I never had to experience hate crime. My dad said that the, it was out there, but we never saw it because we grew up on a military base. We were either in Germany most of my growing up years you had actually mentioned uh like being in your own bubble yeah and so then you also said you know that that daddy said that there was um racist 
things happening, did he ever experience anything? Did he ever talk about that? If he experienced it, he never talked about it. I had to learn a lot of it on my own. And whatever I learned pretty much was from school. Of course, you know, we have Black History Month. And the movie, or I guess you could say the sitcom Root, came into play. And that was something we as a family watched. But that was it. There was no discussion except, yes, this did happen. No, this is not a lie. Would you say that in school that you got like maybe like a whitewashed version of history? I, I did. And it's like, it's just, it's one of those things that... I keep mentioning it because it's like in the last couple of years, I'm learning that, oh, you know, Christopher Columbus wasn't a good guy. Yeah. Um, That manifest destiny, that God-given right to take take this land, that that wasn't a good thing. Now, that is something that I'm glad you brought that up because that is something my mother definitely hated about Christopher Columbus because, you know of the things that he did to the uh, first group of people that he encountered was people in Panama and the things that he did with them. She did say that, and this is before, you know, I even really understood about a lot of things. She would always say that the story that he had that's being told is a lie, but she would never go into it. Right. So then, and then, like, I honestly, I can't imagine growing up in this day and, and like, not in this day and age with the internet where you got to go to the library and actually read books to find information. Yeah. So it would be like fairly easy for me now to like, oh, you're saying this? Okay, let me go do a quick Google search. Yeah. Whereas for you, I imagine with like everything, all of your responsibilities that you had at home, along with school and sports, because you've often mentioned you did sports to get out the home. Yes, I did. Uh, And and with everything going on, like finding the time to like go to the library and research this information outside of like what you were learning in school was probably pretty difficult. It was because um, a lot of the, the libraries that I went to, you didn't have the archives that they have now from me looking back and if I did bring something home that had something to do with the Black culture, mom was like, nope, take it back. If you want to get anything, you better get it from the Spanish culture. But I never got anything. Once I grew up and got out the house and started having my own kids, I started doing some research, not a whole lot of research, because my little bubble, it kind of grew. It grew enough for me to survive think like to an extent all the way up until like sixth grade I grew up in a pretty similar bubble uh, and I wonder like especially growing up in that in a, in a similar bubble to what you did on military bases and around military people uh, in mostly white spaces there is like a, a bit of diversity within the military was there a lot of diversity back then for you no no I could always count the diverse kids on one hand in my classroom. And that was a very small number. And you only got one hand that's four fingers and one thumb. Usually it's like, you may have one or two black kids, maybe an Asian, maybe a Hispanic. Those were maybe. When I went to Germany as a high schooler, 
that's where my eyes was opened up. That's where I saw the different Black people. And as far as being Black myself, it was like, okay, you're Black, but you don't act Black. Well, how does a Black person act? So even way back when you were kind of still getting that. And I guess like now that's what they would call like a microaggression. Yeah. My mom has a very stereotypical Black female body, very hourglass shaped. And I was curious about how that shaped her interaction with men. So I never had boyfriends when I was in school. Um, I I can imagine why. (laughs) (laughs) So. Pretty much once I did befriend a guy, I asked him, you know, how come I didn't, you know, he's like, because I look intimidating. And I was like, to to this day, I'm still trying to figure out how do I look intimidating? One guy, uh, when I, you know, was a younger person in the army, told me um, back then is what they would call, I looked uh, high end. And I was like, what do you mean? Because I presented myself very nicely. Then I used to do my hair, my nails. You know, I, I didn't wear a whole lot of makeup. But it's like, when you walk into the room, you walk into the room like you own the room. And nobody really likes talking to someone who owns the room. <laughs> and I was like, that doesn't make any sense. But yeah, as far as... uh so it yeah. seemed more like it was how you carried yourself versus how yeah. it I remember you can tell that both of us are kind of uncomfortable with the responses that she was given to about the way that she carried herself from men. It's one of those things that's kind of hard to respond to. It seems like men were very insecure about her confidence. My mom is a badass, so growing up and kind of um having the mindset of you know like if we see something on like the media then like maybe it was like their fault and they should have done what they were told like I kind of bought into the narrative that the media was spreading or propagating do you did you ever think that way also yes and it took me a minute to think about it and the reason why I had to think about it is because I had to Think about all the things that I have watched on media because, you know, some of the things like my dad would tell me is like that whenever you watch anything on TV, you're going to, and if it's negative, it's always going to be about a black person. And if you see anything positive, it's always going to be about a white person. And like, he never explained it any other way. So you saw those patterns and like, did you kind of have to like interpret what was going on for yourself? Yes. Then later on, I just stopped watching the news altogether because. It's like, well, maybe it is true that they did it, but I don't know because I don't live that life. Right. And I think I definitely kind of felt that same way. Like when I was talking to Danny, one of the things that she mentioned was like her activism kind of started when it got personal for her. Like she she still cared before, of course, but that fire started to burn in her when it got personal. And I think for us, because we lived in our bubble like we were kind of separated from it and it wasn't as personal. So, and we didn't have all of the information. Yeah. How was it for you in raising four black kids, two boys, two girls, and all of us are dark skinned. All of us are darker than you. Yeah. The hard part was getting you all 
to be comfortable in your skin because y'all didn't understand why I was lighter than you and y'all didn't like it. To try and get y'all comfortable and letting you know that, hey, yes, not everybody's going to have the same skin tone and making sure that you guys felt very comfortable. That was really hard. It, it, it was really hard to help you guys understand that. I, I remember um, wanting, I don't know if I wanted it, but I know I definitely, my imaginary friend, she was white and had crayon yellow hair and her hair was in pigtails. I think I did want crayon yellow hair and my hair to be in pigtails. It was very hard for me to even mention this. I could barely get the whole sentence out. And that was, I don't know that I ever wanted to be white, but I know that I did have an imaginary friend that was white, crayon yellow hair, blue eyes, and her hair was in pigtails. Her name was Sally. And while I don't know if I wanted to be white, I definitely wanted straight hair and pigtails. We have also had conversations around my four-year-old saying that they wanted to be white. I attribute this to developmental level it is very typical around this age lack of representation there are very few dark-skinned people in his life right now and also a lack of conversation uh, it honestly took him saying that he wanted to be white for us to start having these conversations yeah that i remember and i can like especially with uh already what i'm experiencing with the boys um I can understand that even back then that maybe us kids didn't have representation and that was harder for us to navigate. Yeah, because even with y'all growing up, I think most of the people that was around us was either very light skinned or they were Caucasian. Now, I remember y'all going to Seagull Middle School. Now, that was a wide eye opener for all of us. And you know, that's where I had to literally sit down and try to explain the Black culture the best that I could. Right. And how, like, you had, like, kind of, like, very little experience with that, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. have you ever even been to a majority Black school? No. I've always been to a uh, majority school. That wasn't just a new experience for us kids. That was a new experience for you, too. Yeah. Um, hence why I was really hard on you guys, making sure that y'all did your homework, that your grades were good. And, you know, and if you wanted to be in sports, you could be in sports. But uh, also, at the same time, made sure that you guys hey, call me when you get home. Don't let nobody in the house, regardless of what age I was. Yeah. And then, so, like, I don't remember, um, and I was talking with EJ about this, too. <laughs> I don't remember actually sitting down and having any race conversations. I do remember having the sex talk before yes. we entered the sixth grade. When we did go to the school, the first thing that caught your eye was a young girl who was pregnant in the school. And y'all wanted to ask me questions about that. When we did get in the car, I remember the first question, and I can't remember if it was you or your brother, the first thing that came out of your mouth was like, Mom, where are all the white kids? So, you know, I had to let y'all know that, you know, some schools have this, some schools have, you know, this. This school has a majority of Black people. The town that we lived in, there was 
a lot of black peoples in, in this area. But uh, once we got to the house, I thought it was in my best interest to talk about sex because you all were growing up and y'all were going to start doing things after school, things that uh, I could not watch you on. I felt that, you know, talking about sex at that time was what I needed to concentrate on. This is the part where I get frustrated with the kids and my mom also gracefully supports me through it and I am very thankful for her. When I am frustrated and stressed and she's around, she's able to come at it from a different perspective and help me through it, which is pretty amazing. I do want to say the part where I yell for my oldest to come talk to her. <laughs> they do have a conversation. They do talk a little bit and then I uh, I cut that part of the conversation out, so that's why it's not in there. Sorry, now I'm definitely slightly frustrated. Zion came in here and was talking to you, but I had it muted because I needed to go fix him cereal. So now he's upset because it was muted. And it's like, oh. you asked me to fix your cereal, so of course. So I muted it. Yeah. And now I, I fixed him cereal and he's not going to eat it. <sighs> Tell him to come talk to me real quick. Zion, if you want to come talk to Nima, come here. I'm slowly but surely losing my patience, Nima. It's, I'm not going to lie to you, it's hard, but eventually it will get easier as they get older. You just have to make sure you take time out for yourself. And when the heck am I supposed to do that? When you come down here, even if it is with just one child, you know, you go sit in a room and y'all two just be in the room. As they get older, it'll get better. Remember, I had you and your brother who are only not even 12 months apart. Mm -hmm. 11 months and three weeks. Yeah. The first two years were the most difficult years. You would, you couldn't go to sleep unless I rocked and sang to you pretty much half the night. And then when you got to sleep, your brother woke up. And then I had to do the same with him. Eventually, it'll get better. You just have to, you have to work through it. And mind you, I still had to go to work. I don't see how you did it anymore. Well, I guess, I mean, you kind of had yeah. no choice. That's why I always try to give y'all choices instead of giving you what I want y'all to have. And sometimes I didn't have a choice. And that was the hard thing to try to explain to you guys that I didn't have it. And, but eventually a lot of things got easier. Yeah, a lot of things. But, you know, as kids get older, it kind of uh, comes like with a whole new yeah. list of things. But uh, back to the uh, topic at hand. But yeah, it was definitely me that was like, where's all the white people? I do remember you guys had bought us some books. Like one of them was called like Julebi or something about that. Um, and you guys made us write a report on some famous African-American. I remember that. Do you, do you remember? Actually, I, um, I don't remember. I do remember having y'all do a lot of book reports on 
historical stuff. Yeah, this one was particularly around um, Black people yeah. or African Americans because I remember the books that um, were bought too. Like, I don't know that we ever actually, I, I think like maybe I kind of like skimmed through the books a bit, but I don't even know that I really understood what I was reading at the time. Because I think the books that, that, that was bought may have came from, uh, you know, stepdad Dwayne getting the books because I may have gotten it, but there's you a lot that of that was him. Yeah. There's a lot of things I don't remember um, too well as far as when it comes to stuff like that, because we really didn't talk too much about race. We just pretty much talked about being careful when you guys are out there on your own. Yeah. And so like one of the things that I also have written down is like, and I've said several times, like, I don't think that we ever like had like a sit down conversation or like any real conversations around it. But I do know that there were just kind of things that we just knew. Yeah. So like um, EJ did mention, you know, like one of the things that you say to him now is to be safe. And it's like, even though, you know, you don't mention like you're a black man, like something might could happen just because you're black. It was just something that we knew. Yeah. Um, And I think it's because of what was portrayed so much on TV. So we really didn't talk about a lot of it because, you know, my dad, pretty much was like, do the right things all the time because you never know who's going to be watching. You know, make sure you're in the right uh, place at the right time. If you see something wrong, don't attempt to correct it. Get away from it. Yeah. And then the other thing was a lot of the movies that we did see, it was uh, that portrayed about uh, Black people and stuff. Yeah, that see that, pay attention to it, don't do it. <laughs> yeah and so like even now like with all the stuff that I'm learning like it's it's like I think before it was like okay they're making a choice to do this and now I can see it's just centuries of being put down and and many times they're in these situations as no fault of their own I know I was I was talking about um the things we see in the media and like how that kind of shaped our opinions to like and, and the fact that we didn't have the whole story so like from what I knew it was like it can't be that hard to you know break the cycle to just not to just not do what everyone else is doing you know is that what we're taught anyways but many times many times the things people do they're doing it for survival reasons yes. they really aren't given much of a choice given like where they live it's many times impossible to stop the cycle whereas without the education outside of the media and school it, that can kind of shape that way that that way of thinking like oh they're just not trying hard enough yeah so especially recently and having so with two kids and everything going on in the media recently I've been educating myself more and then like sharing that information with you and talking with you about the things that I'm learning and seeing. So like for you from the bubble that you lived in to now where, you know, you're actually learning a lot more, like how do you think that's changed your thoughts? Or at least around like maybe black people and their successes. Like 
even in school, you know, you learn about the progress that's been made, but you don't talk about the things that are still going on and then why they're still going on. I think that's the big issue because there are so many Black people who are so educated and trying to make a difference. And I feel that those Black people who are trying to make a difference is a 1%. A lot of times, and a lot of the Black people that I have talked to, they're trying to make a difference. They're trying to get people to understand, you know, why um, they put out Black Lives Matter. You know, in the beginning, when that first, first, first came out, I was like, all lives should matter. But as I grew to understand it, I can understand why they say Black Lives Matter. It's, it's, it's about education. It's about educating ourselves on what's really going on. Because there's so much going on in the media that we really do and don't see. When it's a crime that has happened, and the three crimes that has happened, the media has blown it up. And mm, But then the media has only blown it up because... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, that's because, you know, the media is only blowing up its proportion of the truth. One of the things, well, one of my friends that I always say, he's from Alabama. He's actually why he says, you know, everything they put on TV is only 10% true. And then it gets people riled up and people don't know the whole story. They only know bits and pieces of the story. And when the whole entire story comes out, then it's, wow, we should have done something. We should have acted on something. There are so many other stories about what has happened to Black people for me to look uh, (laughs) at. Social media is kind of like bringing those things out more and more. Because of social media, I mean, social media is is a good and bad thing. (laughs) The good thing is, is that you can actually see the real truth. I'm glad that there is social media out there because there have been so many other incidences that we have not seen, heard of, that is going on. And it's not pretty because it is about Black people. I really appreciate you coming on, Matre, and talking with me about this also very important topic and um, seeing and hearing how it's been different like throughout the generations for us, especially with Mama being from Panama and then Daddy not really talking about what was going on. Uh, with you guys and then you living in the bubble and then I'm starting off living in a similar bubble and then you know as time goes on like slowly getting out of that bubble and learning more and more about like what's actually going on in this country not just what the media is portraying and I, I really appreciate having this conversation with you and I hope in the future we'll be able to have well I know we will have lots more conversations around this topic and others.